This is the Cruise Welcome, folks, to the final episode of the 2021-2022 season. It's the Cruise Cast. It's Cody. It's Jamie. It's Lachlan. Ready with some news asterisk, and by that I mean nothing. Well, there's some stuff. We got we got all the spicy drama for literally everyone else except for the Canucks, which is fun because it's nice to not, you know lament or complain about the dumb shit that the Canucks do. So that's kind of fun. Big fan of that. Um, I'm sure as Vancouver Canucks supporters, you're all in the know of what's going on. One province over in Alberta. That is the Alberta tire fire. At first it was just Calgary, but then Edmonton decided to get in the mix too. It's fucking nuts. Oh yeah. I forgot it. We didn't even include that in the docket today. I forgot about that. Jesus. I don't really know any of the details. I don't really, I don't really want to get into it. it. Yeah, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to get into that today. No, and it's, it's, I don't, it, and I, I don't really like talking about like stuff where like you constantly have to use the term allegedly, like at the end yeah. of, or the start of sentences, like it's just exhausting. And yeah. I'm, I'm very sunburned and, and dehydrated. <laughs> so I, I don't have time for that. Yeah. But for those that want the quick TLDR, Daryl Katz, Edmonton Oilers uh, owner was named in a civil suit. Uh, for allegedly soliciting sex for seven hundred or seventy-five thousand dollars of a minor, a seventeen-year-old. Yikes! The NHL has acknowledged it with a blanket um, statement that's just like we we know it that that he's being charged or accused of this, and we are performing, you know, our investigation. Yeah, they'll I do don't nothing. Know. So I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know the the one thing that came out today, right, was because so like technically he's he's not the one being like it, it's not, it's not he, him directly. The lawsuit it's is just not like, at him; it's somebody yeah. else using that as part of it as naming. Yeah, him he just happened him. to be a part of this like yeah. giant civil suit or whatever. So it was like he's catching strays, rightly so, because fuck you if you're soliciting sex from a minor yeah. for when you're 53 years old or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, but now what is TIL? I thought. Cats was dead. Really? Like I thought he was dying. I think Wasn't he did he? have a severe like illness because like he showed up at like a draft it. and his face was all fucked up. There was something very you know? like there was something something happened. Yeah, I think something happened during the in not like COVID related, but like something happened during the pandemic. I think, and he's made less public appearances because of it. Um, yeah. But like um yeah, like the one thing that I did see today as well is like apparently the woman named in the suit the alleged like underage person has said that it isn't true that that happened or allegedly that that's not true the case so it's interesting oh. to like okay. so it'll be interesting to see like where that goes but like there's been like here's the thing right like maybe like it's like maybe this turns out to be nothing but like there have been rumblings about this before yes like or some similar stuff it's not his first brush with allegedly paying for sex uh, of like very young people um so yeah do your own research we're not going to talk about it because it's fucking gross and uh yeah yeah i'll say you know we'll 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 just get this out of the way right because so like there's the hockey canada stuff it's been a bad week for hockey in a lot of ways there's the whole hockey canada thing where it turned out they were using like registration fees from kids to pay for like uh to pay portions portions of your hockey registrations across canada have been apparently going to a hockey canada slush fund to pay off 
uh, victims of sexual assault so that they can avoid going through their insurance because their insurance premiums would skyrocket if that was the case. But don't Great worry, luck. they're not using it for that anymore. That's true. <laughs> what a that what a true. what a very brave thing of them it's to a, do. It's Definitely a banner not. day for Hockey Canada. They've, yeah, what a, they've <laughs> reactively done forgiven. something smart. No, no, God, it's so bad. It's all so bad. There's the Jake Furtanen case that's going on right now, which mm -hmm. is good that due process is being done there. Um, and again, we're like, we're not. I wouldn't. I would do. It's definitely important to talk about this stuff, but in a way we're like right now, especially I feel like we're not as well equipped to talk about it. So I think we'll direct people to like their, I think the broadcast, Check the broadcast. They, they just did a usually... whole episode on both of those on, I think both, including both, both of topics, the Canada okay. and the Jake for thing, I believe Yeah, uh, that's there. They have a lot more, uh, they'll have a lot better info on like this kind of stuff yeah. than we should, should. That doesn't mean we shouldn't have that skill. And we, 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 we should, we can we acknowledge it, but, but I as think, as two white males, probably yeah. not the right people yeah. to be planting our I, flag and being like, "This is how it should be." Yeah, like I'll also, we're I'll, not up to people for that. Yeah, I also say I think the I think Steve Dangle's podcast had uh, Rick Westhead on to talk about Hockey Canada as well, and they did like a whole episode just about the Hockey Canada thing that came out this week as well. So that's worth checking out as well because he always has information on that front. So that's worth looking at yeah well. if you if you want to like ruin your day and listen to steve dangle talk about something like by all means folks go out there and search for deep steve dangle he, i uh, listen he yeah, appeals yeah. to one of our some people. one of the yeah one of the places you and i have our most disagreement on is <laughs> the steve dangle i love dangle i think it's great oh i know you do and that's why i uh, review and, every single time you bring and that up. is and that is why yeah exactly exactly uh but yeah folks uh we've got like quite a bit so we're gonna try and be quick with the uh actual hockey news because we actually wrangled a guest to sign off on a wonderful season of talking hockey we've yes. got linda cone of espn That's coming right. later on the show an interview conducted by uh lachlan and i believe jamie was there too were you not yes i was oh yeah. that's so excellent so we had two people not me because i don't do interviews actually i did I don't want to toot my own horn, but I thought I nailed the David Quadrelli interview. You did great. You, you did, did great. great. You did I great. hate interviewing people and asking questions, especially of people I know, because I just I go into like hockey radio voice guy and like I don't I don't like doing that, but like it's like a switch goes off in my brain. It's like you need to talk like a weirdo for oh. 45 minutes because you got to do interview stuff and so oh oh man like no you don't know why you're, dude you're, you're a natural interviewer like you're so good you're so good at it the, to the point where like again like i remember you texted in our our little thing you're like somebody ask a question and i was like i and it was one of those things where it's like i had questions that i wanted to ask but i didn't want to interrupt your your flow so i was like oh. uh, again it's one of those things where it's like if we're in the room if we're doing the interview in the same room it'd probably be easier to like throw it back and forth but like because you were like on such a roll i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna interrupt this guy midway through. i answered no <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did that was very helpful was no. very, <laughs> you can probably see my face in the video like it goes like kind of kind of palish like start getting a little bit more beat red fully sweaty, sweating like, yeah like you're nervous. just like you're just oh, yeah yeah what about just, goalies yeah <laughs> But yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, folks, uh, if you haven't checked, seen that episode yet, check it out. Listen to my brilliant questions. Quad's got some good answers, I guess. Um, he's great all right. Um, but yeah, um, at the end of this episode, you can listen to that interview. It's really good. And then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up with a little uh, goodbye thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who supported us this year. Even if you're just a casual listener or a YouTube viewer, 
We love all of you. Even if you're not yeah. giving us money, we don't care. We just like that you're listening. Gives us a reason to do this. Even though I don't have any reason to do this anymore, I'm gonna probably just gonna go on a bender this summer and just like forget I even watch hockey. You know, Hot Cody Summer. Book it. Book it. It is. Uh, what did I put in my Instagram? It's. Uh, oh, actually, I don't think I did anything. I thought I did. Never didn't mind. do anything. I thought I. Ha- I thought I had, had a funny hashtag, but I didn't. I Someone's just had, had a few too many Cactus Club uh, for today, so he's I had, done. Well, so this is what I did. So like, but he's wasted. I, I, yeah, yeah, you're probably here, folks. But um, so I woke up and I immediately drove up to my in-laws' place, and it was like peak heat, or like it felt like peak heat, and uh, was like in the sun for like a good while because I didn't have a key to the place I was visiting, so I just oh. looked like a guy breaking and entering. So that's cool. <laughs> um, and then like. We were like, oh, shit, we have to go downtown in, like, the next, like, hour and a half. And so we were, like, sitting in the SkyTrain, and it was just, like, no matter what, you were f- you were being drenched in the sun. So for, like, an hour, you're just sitting there from Port Moody to, what, Burrard Station, which is yeah, quite on- a trek. Yeah. And then I-, I realized when we were down there, like, we were for, like, an appointment or whatever, and then I was like, man, it's, like, 2 o'clock, and we have not eaten or like had any water I'm like well, this is really bad so we went to cactus club on a cool harbor shout out no free ads but uh shout out to them um <laughs> small so, little chain yeah so i was like yeah bring in some waters uh and i'll get like a beer and then like i just slammed the beer back and i was like wait <laughs> i got nothing in my system this is really not good so just like ripped through me a couple more loggers later some froze baby Ooh. Hit the spot, but man, that like SkyTrain home was a long one. With a lot of people hitting the rush hour because it's the middle of the week. Oh. Apparently, it's like yeah. I, I didn't know this, but it's like a Thursday or whatever. So <laughs> I'm here. I'm Gucci. I just cracked a Vizzy. You probably heard that earlier on the recording. No free Absolutely. ads, but Vizzy is uh, my jams. I found it on my desk, and I figured, hey, why not? Let's keep the good times rolling. It just it just magically appeared there. It just it's, it's like it's like uh. Lionel Hutz when he pulls out his uh, flask in the middle of the trial. It's like, sweet, yeah. sweet nectar. That's like me right now. What's that? You want me to drink What's you? What's that? You want me to drink you? Hold on. I have to call someone. And then I run out and call uh, David Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, exactly. folks, uh, ramblings of an alcoholic uh, 32-year-old aside. Um, Hell yeah. Let's get into some uh, hockey talk because uh, we got some spice going on. We've got, uh, I mean, in the matter of a week... The Calgary Flames went from having Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk eligible to be re-signed with the team for, you know, Lord knows how long they wanted. They had cash to spare. They they got away from Eric Goodbranson money. Uh, they had oodles of cat. I think they still do. They still have like 18 million or something like that. It's like oh, a lot. Yeah, they have plenty. And they only have to sign, I think, Andrew Manchipiani. And I think that's it. Maybe Dylan Dubé or something, but like it's not a lot. But they're both gone. Johnny Goudreau takes his services to Columbus, and now Matthew Kachuk just doesn't want to be there anymore, <laughs> which is fucking oh, hilarious. Like, yeah, it's- I, as a as like a if you're a Canucks fan, you're pro- and like you probably just like hate Calgary to begin with, so you're just like laughing all the way to the yeah. bank that a few years ago. The team went out and acquired Josh Levo, Jacob Markstrom, Chris Tanov, and um, 
There's no, a fourth have, one, I think. There is. Well, John, or did, you said Levo. There's Levo, um, Markstrom, Tanev. I think that was. That's um, it. That was, was it, it. But now, then they added Toffoli later. Then they traded for Toffoli. Oh, then last it's Toffoli and technically Good Branson, even though like the timeline right. wasn't quite. But it was like all the all at once. It was just like all the old Canucks, and yeah. so everyone was a little upset. Like, how could they reunite the band, but not? in the band like, i don't think anyone wanted to branson but like they if you wanted to reunite the band in vancouver you could have but they didn't and it was done in calgary and i don't think it cost them goudreau or kachuk like they're not exactly like dying for cap space like that has nothing to do with it they just don't want to play there anymore yeah. which is any- so funny because they're this close they were breaking the over the i mean they oh. fucking choked in playoffs which is was so funny but they're so close and it's just like jacob marcher man if you just did your job maybe they do stick around but you know it's, kachuk is apparently returning home to st louis allegedly that's, that's the that's the prevailing thought of where the he's theory. going like of where he's gonna end up Oh, it's so interesting because like, I know a lot of people were talking, I remember when people were talking about like, oh, you know, like the Kachucks want to, both the Kachucks want to play in like St. Louis or something. You hear you have like Brady who signed eight years. He signed a long-term contract and apparently now he's engaged. Apparently we found that out while we were doing our off the post uh, earlier uh, that happened today. Um, But like, and then you got Matthew who's like, like as soon as Gaudreau left, he's like, "Uh, yeah, I don't see a point in staying here. I'm done. Like, and which was okay. That was surprising to me because I honestly anticipated that Kachuk would want to be like the face of a team more so that he wouldn't want to be supporting cast. Yeah. That he would, would relish the ability to be like, all right, you're, you're, you're building this guy. team around you now. Yeah. Right. So I'm stunned that he doesn't want to be there for that reason alone. But like, and you mentioned all the Canucks, the previous Canucks they signed. And if, if anything, like the funny, the thing is, right. Like that was, that was actually that was the the those were the best signings that brad tree living has made in his tenure as gm <laughs> like yeah. like how met how like i t- literally i've said this year after year with calgary like don't bet on calgary to win anything because i don't trust them to do much and like for re- like reasons like this they always put in like they're always like oh you know what you know what's gonna help if we just run back the same group here plus like yuri hoodler and it's like oh that didn't work what a surprise like or daryl sutter again or like this crap they finally started trying too late mm-hmm. and building a decent a relatively decent group around Gaudreau and Kachuk to way too late. Like literally in the last two years was when they started putting in an effort. They had six years before that to do it. And well, they, they also yeah. like, I think they also had to pivot too, because like Sean Monahan got like injured. So like it kind of, it, it fucked up like their needs that, yeah, that didn't help for sure. But like they had Sam Bennett before that and it didn't help. Like they kept mm-hmm. trying to like, they kept, they kept doing the thing where they're like, no, Monahan and Bennett this are will work. for the future. Just wait. And then it just never came, right? Maybe, and it just never worked. Maybe they trade for Sam Bennett now that they need a center again. <laughs> that would be so funny. They're like, hey, no just hard feelings, go buddy. back to being Immediately being flames. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like, like Florida is completely capped out. Oh, God, yeah. They had a so it would be really funny season. if like they somehow made that work. They trade Kachuk to Florida in exchange for Sam Bennett. Well, like, okay, yeah, like, I, I, I almost wonder with Calgary, like, if their best effort is, their best strategy here is to blow it up entirely now. If, they, if they're if they trading Kachuk, like, 
like, yeah, Manjapane is probably underrated as far as a player. Like, he's definitely flown under the radar a bit for the team that he's playing on. Um, they do have to re-sign Oliver or Oliver Shillington, who was very good defensively mm-hmm. for them this year. But like, like as far as a core is concerned, like I mean, Blake Coleman's obviously pretty good. Michael Backlund's very good, but like, is that enough to make the play to be a playoff contender? I don't think so. I, and, I think their I think their defense is good enough where it's like that can probably get them as close as third place. But like, you lose out on you know, however many goals that uh, Kachuk scored, like 40 goals or whatever, that's that's a tough thing to replace. Then you add Johnny Goudreau's too. Like that's something like 100 goals combined that you need to somehow replace from like free agency or a trade, but you don't really have any avenue of doing that. So it's like, can you really, after signing, like, I mean, Markstrom's deal is a good deal, all things considered, but like, do you want to now blow everything up that you just finally kind of got these core pieces together it'd be like a bit awkward like the timeline is a bit off yeah they the wind their window shouldn't be closing so quickly but because of who they've lost it immediately it's just kind Mm -hmm. of like it just fell apart and like there are two okay like i know i know go like they've talked a lot about going home in in terms of in terms of like free agency this year especially with Goudreau, with with Goudreau because like oh his family didn't want to be so far from calgary and everything and especially in like the covid era that makes a lot of sense as to why but i will throw a couple other ideas of why this kind of fell apart for them here one being like we already mentioned like they kind of took they took way too long trying to build around a different core that di- wasn't working and I wasted a lot of time doing that. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the biggest error the Flames have made this entire time has been their bungling of ownership's bungling of the arena deal that they had in place. Because like it's not a it's not a complete deal breaker if you don't have the best stadium in the world, but the Saddle Dome is the oldest stadium or oldest arena, I believe, in the league and as far as, like, renovations go. Like, Madison Square Garden is older, but it had a huge billion-dollar, like, upgrade in, like, like last like in like 2015 or 2014 right Mm -hmm. so it's 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 modern by nhl standards now whereas the saddle dome literally got flooded after (laughs) got flooded during the summer one year they didn't do anything after that really to fix that to fix the like that the floor is still wet so they say the yeah exactly right um you they had this brand new arena ready to go like supposedly like they're ready to put shovels in the ground they had the financing all figured out then the flames find then it's like oh you know calgary you you promised you signed this thing saying that you will pay for any additional costs run over uh we just need you to pay for this 16 million dollar this extra 60 million (laughs) in um road in road stuff like there it's supposedly it had to do with like road stuff and the flames were like no you're ripping us off we're walking away from this and it's like you're like which is uh, i'm sorry the stupidest fucking thing ever to be like oh yeah we're paying this is less than it costs us per year to pay like milan lucic like <laughs> what like who else is on that list that's making way too much money nikita's a door off like there's like Didn't they just resign Zadorov too yeah 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 like something like that it's like oh my god like this is w- less than you're paying like a, a third like a third of your roster and you're gonna leave you're gonna stick with the terrible like the old ass arena you have now over this like like that's such that's the kind of thinking and like 
greed from an ownership group that like, <laughs> yeah, players are not going to be like, are not going to want to stay for a team that's like not willing to give them a, an arena or like the facilities that other teams have. Like the whole thing with Edmonton, right? Was yeah. that they purposely made the visitors locker room just as nice and just as like state of the art as the home teams because they wanted players to go, oh, wow, they treat people really well here, and then think about coming to Edmonton and signing there. And that's been the the trend for a lot of teams. Calgary's like, no, you're going to play in this old building that hasn't been renovated since the 80s, and you're going to like it. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to get players to stay there I mean, forever if you do it that way. Their whole pitch is, hey, does, did you notice it looks kind of like a saddle? yeah they're like hey hey there partner like they're all just uh, mm -hmm. all the owners just wear cowboy hats all yeah the time. that's all it is that's they're the like, entire pitch they're is just it, it Doug looks like a horse from saddle. the fairly odd parents like <laughs> i don't know that like, reference i don't know that reference jamie might get that reference i don't know but uh yeah i know the dimodome the dimodome home of the dimsdale dimodome <laughs> like, i don't i don't know these references yes but like literally gareth, literally the owner of the flames gareth edwards is worth like billions of dollars can't be bother to foot the bill for like a new an, an actual arena like one that literally doesn't have pictures of like there was like what the picture of like harvey the hound's head after it had been like found underwater like just the creepiest like creepy pasta reddit stuff and like they're like no this is a fine building and nhl people will want to play here and superstars will want to play here it's like nope they're finding out right now no they would rather play in columbus than play in your terrible arena so like that's their own fault. They have no, the flames have no one to blame, but themselves. I feel a little bad for the fans, but like the, the ownership shot themselves in the foot. They should be, they should be like, like thinking long and hard about why they lost these guys. They're about to lose Kachuk. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if Kachuk's like, I want to play in America. I don't want to play like, I don't want, like maybe he is like, I don't want to be the number one guy in the Canadian market. Like power to him. I mean, whatever. <laughs> If he goes and gets paid like okay like there's enough like quality ufas on the market you could probably like replace him and goudreau like in the aggregate if like you go cheap on a lot of people like because you mentioned if like they went big and they were like oh we're gonna get patrice berger on for like one year at 10 million bucks and then convince like phil castle or whatever yeah. to come for like a million bucks like i mean th yeah that's, that's not hurting you at all it's it's not hurting you. It's just that's your it's going to be very it's it's a, it's now about how well of a sales pitch can you make to those guys, particularly a guy like Patrice Bergeron, who's literally been a Boston Bruin his whole life. You literally mm -hmm. not only are you do you have to convince him to play a year in Calgary, you're also convincing him to leave Boston after his, and be one of the players who has that weird year where he plays in another team's uniform and people are like, oh, this like is you. awkward. Remember Mike Medano in a Red Wings jersey? Of course you don't. Uh, like, that's the kind of the kind of thing that you're setting up. But, like, it's not entirely impossible for them to get that done because, again, they have pieces there to do to have a decent enough group. But, yeah. like, I mean, Kadri's not going to come, probably. Uh, unless they offer a lot. I think he already vetoed a trade. Yeah, that's the big thing, right? Point, he, right? He, so. he, he could have gone there. He said he chose not to at the time, and they were a decent enough team at that point. So it's like, now you're, you're going to try and get him? I don't I don't think you're going to get it unless you offer, like, the sun and the moon, mm -hmm. which I don't think he's in that. Even that's a stretch. So it's like, yeah, Calgary is in a very bad spot. But, hey, that's good for the Canucks. So who cares? <laughs> at the, the end of the day. At the end of the day, too, right. though, it's actually 
hurts the JT Miller like trade options because now you have like this other star forward. So you're now like if you're a Canucks fan, you're like, okay, well now pick teams have their choice of uh Kachuk, of uh Patrice Bergeron, Miller, uh, Kadri, like he's like fourth or fifth on probably teams lists right now, but all of them know he wants to get paid on his next contract. So they're probably like, why would I go for him when I can just like wait out a year and then get him in free agency for a better deal? Like it kind of kills any incentive the Canucks had to like trade him. And it probably, I mean, it it might incentivize them to extend him to a long-term deal because they know that that's just the way the market's going to sit. But a deal like that's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. But in the the one thing they have maybe going for them is that because K- Kachuk is only is a is exclusively a winger and Miller's a center, like ha- can play center, that maybe that like it doesn't uh, it maybe it won't affect like the potential suitors too much. Like mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen what teams are looking at Kachuk right now. They're not any of the same. I don't think they're any of the same teams that were looking that were like most likely no. to try and go for Miller, except maybe Nashville. Um, yeah, but they but, picked up but, Nino Niederreiter, so they might have just like taken themselves out of acquiring both. him entirely, right? Yeah, exactly. Like they might be they might be set from from that point of view as well. So like it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this goes for them. Um, I think Vancouver. I think I think the Canucks are probably. I mean, it seems more and more likely that the Canucks are going to enter the season with Miller. Like I think I'm mm-hmm. kind of, like I've kind of come to terms with that. It's again, it's not the like again. Oh no, you have a 99 point player on your team. What a what a hard life darn. you need, right? Like darn, right? It's just more about the okay. We're aware of what the previous management regime has done with players who are on expiring contracts so you probably could have gotten value for. This is like a little different, but it's a case of like uh, you worry about it. So. But at the same time, like maybe that means somebody else is still on the market from Vancouver. Like maybe there's another guy that ends up going because they do have to probably clear out some cap space as far as like helping the de- the defense is concerned. So sure, maybe it just means somebody else goes on the market here instead, and we end up with a more surprising trade. Maybe it's Pierre Luc Dubois out of, oh my, my out of that's a great segue. Because speaking of speaking of guys wanting out of their teams, Pierre Luc Dubois, after saying he wants to play in Winnipeg, changed his mind in less than a year when he was like oh wait no i don't i'm good i want out i'm not (laughs) resigning in two years takes these back seas yeah (laughs) yeah yeah like straight up just like lands in winnipeg says he's so stoked to be there gonna like resign wants to play there long term and then like spends like a year and he's just like fuck this i'm I'm so done all good did he not do his research no i i don't know what he expected like, like, what did he think he was going to? I'm, I, I, like, I think a lot of people like assume that like Winnipeg is just like bustling with opportunity, but like for the last ten years they've operated on if you're a vet, you get the roles, you get the the promotions. Like Blake Wheeler, like runs the show there, and like unless you're like like extremely experienced and know how to score goals, like you're not playing on the top six, like. It's been like a struggle getting Nick Ehlers ice time, and he's legitimately like the best player on the team. Like, yeah, they're just like a mess. Their locker room's a disaster and has been for quite a long time. I'm sure Pierre Like Dubois came in and was like, Oh, I'm gonna be power play one. I'm gonna be playing with Kyle Connor and you know, whoever the fuck. And then he goes there and he spends the entire time playing with like Adam Lowry and like Andrew Kopp. And it's like they don't score. So it's like, oh. 
I have 20 points after, you know, 60 games. This this kind of sucks and I'm not getting any prom- opportunity when these guys are injured. So, why would I stay? And yeah. the coach that they brought in, which this is like really this is dumb drunk guy uh, opinion, but like when the re- incumbent coach or the replacing coach for Paul Maurice is your line mate's dad, like why would you want to stay for that when it's like oh, okay, like the guy's dad doesn't even want to play him and you're his line mate. You're his center. Like what the fuck are you going to do at that point? Like, Oh, I'm not going anywhere. And like, whatever his name is, Adam Lowry's whatever Adam Lowry senior. It's just like, just a body filler. Like they don't Adam have Lowry makes like, who's their coach now? It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, Dallas. it's, Rick, it's Rick bonus, former Canucks assistant. Rick yeah. Like, speaking like, so speaking of guys that love vets, like Rick good, bonus, luck. Like, yeah, good luck. Good <laughs> luck. Yeah, he loves his old men. About. Yeah, so it's just like Blake Wheeler's still gonna eat, like chew all the ice time with Mark Shifley and whoever. They're gonna run the locker room like they're a bunch of toxic pieces of shit. And you know, if you're well, young, you're not getting a, a role. Like, well, doesn't I would Shifley want to allegedly want out too? Like, isn't that also uh, a thing? It's not like as explicitly said as Pierre Luc Dubois because Dubois was like, by the way, in two years when I am at the end of my deal, like I'm I'm not resigning. Like I'm gonna want out. Um, Mark Shifley's more of like, like those vague rumors you hear where he has a quote where it's like, yeah, I mean, when we see what, what the team's doing in a couple of years, I'll evaluate then, which then gets taken as Mark Shifley wants out. Right. But it's not like written in stone that like, he's trying to like get a trade out. But now that the org knows that he's going to want out if the team like isn't heading anywhere it's kind of like an incentive to, okay, maybe we need to move him or monetize him while we still can. But I mean, we talked about it in our, um, our summary of uh, UFA first two days, like the big loser was Winnipeg and uh, New York for not doing like fucking anything, even though they had like for the Winnipeg's sake, they had money to do something. And all they did was lose their backup goalie, and replace like a bunch of guys for the Manitoba Meese. Yeah. It's like, congrats, <laughs> no. yeah. Like, but that, and that's what they do every year. Cause Kevin it's what they do every year. It's like they doesn't do thing, anything. He's he just, never does anything. He doesn't do anything there. at like the one time. The, the, the ironic thing is like, this is before I started writing about the Canucks was the one time he ever did anything was when he traded a first and a bunch of other stuff for Paul Stastny. And, I immediately was like, are they really in their window to actually be going for it? Like Paul Stastny's old. He has a history of like not re-signing with teams or wanting out. So like, this seems like a really risky bet for a team that hasn't had any playoff success. And granted they reached the Western conference finals, but then he walked and they were screwed because they had no first round pick then. Yeah. And then he came back. And then he came back <laughs> when he was 37 back. reluctantly to a core that, or to a damaged locker room that he essentially, I'm not going to blame him, but like he probably caused that when he left and it forced like all these like vets like Shifley and Wheeler to bear the load without Stastny there because that Stastny line a Ehlers trio was so fucking good for that brief period of time. Like it pains me that they didn't return the next year because that was so God, good for were, them. They were a fun oh. team. They were so fun to watch that year that they made it to the conference finals. Like, they were so fun. Hellebuck was great. Oh, yeah. man. 
Oh man, and I like oh somebody save Nikolai Ehlers, please. I I love Ehlers and his his play his style of play is so good. I would mm-hmm. like uh, if there was like one of those players that like oh I wish the Canucks had the pieces to go after and that would fit with what they're looking for. Nikolai yeah. Ehlers is that guy. Um, but yeah, like okay, but like with Pierre Luc Dubois though, I do have kind of like a question in terms of like okay, I know you didn't sign the extension when you got traded there the first place. Uh, but this is the second time in two years <laughs> that you're like trying to force your way out of a team. And the first time your way of doing that was to have the world's worst shift on a, in a game for the blue jackets where you just glide or gliding around, clearly not trying. And then you yeah, got that was a like pretty the next bad day. look. Like it's, 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 it's a, not only is it a bad look, you only, as a player, you only get to pull that card so many times you can do it like once if you're good enough, like if you're, if you're good enough, you can maybe pull it like what, like twice, maybe a third time, but you don't get that all the time because then people are like, okay, clearly you're a a flight risk. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to trade for you. Uh, I'm not going to trade for you because you might become like a James Harden who shows up to like training camp purposely out of shape <laughs> in, to get in, traded. In a fat suit? Yeah, in a fat suit to get traded just because you don't like the team. You're like tired. You you want a new team. And it's like, okay, you still have a contract here. You still have to play it out like if you, if we so choose, right? Um, so I'm kind of like on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. It's like, yeah, there doesn't seem to be much of a good future for him there. But also I'm kind of like, like okay but then why did you make the big fuss about getting traded to winnipeg specifically the first time around what did you think you were getting yourself into and now you want montreal like montreal is <laughs> not going to be much better like i, I really have to like, are I you going to be wonder. stunned when it doesn't work like i really think he was just doing damage control where he's like like he probably saw the clip of him like like dogging it that got him benched and eventually traded and he's like ooh. If uh, that's my rep, I am never going to get paid in this league. And so, like, he, he like, overcompensated by being like, yeah, Winnipeg, let's fucking go. Well, his dad does go well for them. His like, dad works in the Jets organization, right? Du, his, Dubois' dad works, I believe, with Manitoba, on the Manitoba Moose, I believe. And that was the whole reason yeah. why that trade was, why he wanted to go there in the first place was supposed to, be, well, was that, right? Or, I don't think it was. I don't think it was about where he wanted to go. I think it was just like, oh, I need to, I need to salvage. I need uh, to get. I need to get away from John Tortorella. <laughs> I need to do that. some damage control here, uh, and that's kind of what he did with his quotes. And now he's uh, doing the exact same thing he did in Columbus. And now he'll. I don't know. Just, like, I don't know why Montreal would want him. Like, again, they're like, yeah, that's the thing, other thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, they're going for Montreal Connor Bedard. Not need them. Yeah, it's like he there's need a. Him. They yeah. would have if they were interested in him. They probably would have given him like a a, a, a an offer sheet by now, right? It's like yeah, it's you like, think. And if even if they did again, yeah, you're going to be playing on a team that's clearly not in ha, has no incentive to be really good next year. Are you going to be like be like I for one am shocked that Montreal is bad, and now I want to trade to like I don't know arizona and like just and just run this whole gauntlet again like i don't know man it's weird it's such a weird setup there i don't know if i think he's gonna be a jet whether again whether he <laughs> likes it or not here well yeah i mean it seems like that way but we are getting quite the spicy off season to begin with now so like i fully expect it to be like you know he moves to the khl for a year <laughs> that would be 
very interesting <laughs> if he ends up he's like on dine he he's on dynamo riga for like one year he's like <laughs> yeah living yeah, in, yeah. Latvia, living yeah. in latvia there you go comes back after one year and then just gets paid by uh i don't know florida or some new team the houston rockets or whatever um yeah. oh yeah when the when the, the the when the when the when the coyotes inevitably move out of the relocate eventually yeah. um so this is a bit weird. Uh, I saw the the meme tweet by the Carolina Hurricanes, but I didn't read. I because naturally, as you heard in my opening spiel about my alcoholic, uh, my alcoholic adventures, um, I didn't realize Nino Niederreiter had signed with uh, the National Predators. So I was like, oh, Carolina's just being spicy towards their own players who haven't resigned yet. That's a bit much. But they're like. He finished his tenure as a Hurricane with 69 goals, which nice, first off. Uh, but secondly, this brings an end to one of my favorite trade trees, even though it's like more of a trade bush or like a trade-like shrub. Because <laughs> Victor Rask for Nino Niederreiter was one of the worst trades in like the history of the post-cap oh, era. And the fact that... like Great lore. Like, nothing else comes out of it is just such a shame because my god what's his name what was his name the guy in minnesota all fenton. Uh, fenton barely on the job did such a poor job that he gets a full-on athletic article detailing what a fucking nut, nut job he was yeah. like just an absolute tragedy that we don't get more of the trade tree because it was so yeah. bad and so funny for the time so what made it hilarious? I I don't know if Jamie, if you've read this story, if if you've heard the story, the Victor Rask Niederreiter story, Nito Niederreiter story before. Um, essentially, what happened was they traded, so they make this, they 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 want to get. I think for some reason the Wild didn't want Niederreiter or Paul Fenton did not want Nito Niederreiter at all. Like he didn't mm -hmm, want mm -hmm. him on the team at all. And Carolina offered just off was like, we'll give you Victor Rask, right? And <laughs> Paul Fenton did not know anything about Victor Rask and, and just, just said, said yes yeah. anyway. And just said yes anyway without thinking, like, be, and without negotiating at all. He was just like, yeah, sure, Victor Rask. And that <laughs> I've heard that name before, and that was it. And that the Hurricanes were like, are really? Like, they were oh, kind no. of like, yeah, and they just, it just was kind of like, like the, okay. um, like, it was so stupid. It was, it was kind of like the same thing as the, um, the story about the Florida trade uh, of Good Branson for uh, Jared McCann when yes. Benning and Wisebrod were like, we assume you want, want more, right? Yeah. And they just like put like the phone on mute and burst out laughing and we're like, yeah, can you include like a fourth round pick as well? Just, just wonderful. Just so brilliant that these people somehow like, get jobs or it's like so funny. what was it the leafs once off gave like a contract to like jeff finger that was worth an insane amount but apparently they were also they accidentally missed they went after signing him they were like oh they actually thought he was kurt sour who was <laughs> who was also not good like it was Fuck still yeah. would have been a bad signing anyway but it's like oh see we made an error we we thought ian finger was kurt sour but no <laughs> That rules. Uh, uh, the, wow. uh, the early 2010s Leafs. Uh, what a what a fun what a fun bunch. Uh, okay, last one here. Vitali Vanacek, as Thomas Strands like to call him, signs the Devils three by three point four. I mean, it's decent value, I guess. Vitek Vanacek has had way too busy of a career for like like a career like backup goalie. Just moved like to Seattle, traded back to Washington. Then he 
gets traded to the Sharks for like five minutes or wherever he went, and then now he's back on the Devils. Like, just like, like, come on, guys! Like, he's got a fun name to say, but like, he's just just a guy. Yeah, and also, and now he gets like, paid. Like, what? And what? it's also yeah, and it's like okay, well, but 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 why? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Because they traded him first to the Devils. The Capitals mm-hmm. traded him to the Devils, and then they didn't qualify Elias Samsonov and just let him walk for free. And like, now, I, and they're, like I tweeted, like just a complete freebie for the Toronto Maple Leafs to basically just like solve their goaltending issues for free. Yeah, like, and it's, it's like terrible and terrible I, management. And I get that they wanted Darcy Kemper, but it's like you could okay, sure, but you can get him, but like you couldn't keep one of them. Like, like, well, and now their another backup option is Charlie Lindgren in Washington. It's like okay, like pretty yeah, good. Sure. At one point, one million, sure. Like you wouldn't have rather have had Vanacek or like one of Vanacek or, or Samsonov instead. Like, nah. I don't know what the thought process was behind that. I think the Devils are really smart for going out and getting that because I think Vanacek is a lot like I, Vanacek is a lot better than he deserves credit well, for. Like, I think he should have been starting a lot more games. Uh, down he's the, he's the also Devils. like way more reliable than what the devils have been dealing with over the past three years. Right. Like they had Mackenzie Blackwood not playing because he was like an anti-vaxxer. And then you had when he was injured or out, they had like a bunch of AHL goalies or ECHL goalies playing reps for them when they had no business doing it. So yeah, it's like, like now they get some stability for a change. Right. They had like Wedgwood or something. And then they traded Wedgwood to the Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. At, when the Canucks, when the devils came to play the Canucks this year, they, the goal, the starting goalie was Nico Dawes, like, and for the, for them at that Yeesh. time. Yeah. Like, and that was, be- I think that was because, uh, I think that was also partially because that was definitely uh, COVID. Blackwood he couldn't, couldn't, he cross, couldn't the cross the border, which is, uh, which is great. Just, just, and even when it. he did play, he didn't do very well. It was not good this year. Yeah. No. And he, uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, Vanacek doesn't have like sparkling numbers by any stretch. Like he was, he's literally had 908 in both of his two seasons in Washington, but it's like a guy, it's like, okay, the, there's clearly, he's clearly capable of doing a lot more if he's given the opportunity. You just have to put him in a spot. You just have to give him the chance. Right. And Washington at the, at least we thought was set with Samsonov for the long term. (laughs) Turns out, nope. Turns out, no, as soon as a Darcy Kemper is available, they're like, nope, never mind. Get out of here. Both of you. Um, But like, yeah, I think, yeah. And New Jersey's had that long stretch where they couldn't replace like after Corey Schneider had like the injury issues that he dealt with, they just could not figure out the goaltending for as long as they've had like Keith Kincaid, Eddie Lack. Like there's been a long list of guys who've kind of walked through, had a couple big of save, Dave. Left. big was big save was Dave he? a devil. He might've been, I, thought I, think he was. Might be, I think you might be right. I think you might be right. I think he was a devil at one point. It, yeah. I mean, anybody could have been any like obscure backup goaltender probably was yeah. a devil at some point, like Scott Clemenson. I just, know, I just know they've had so many goaltenders that like, it wouldn't shock me if David Riddick was at one point a devil. Yeah. Like, if just... you can vaguely remember a goaltender, he was probably a devil at some point. Oh no. He, he, oh, he's on Jonathan the Bernier. That's one. There you oh, go. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, Anyways, folks, um, that's it for the hockey news. We're going to head right over to our interview with Linda Cohn, and then we'll be on the other side with our year-end, what, what are we going to call them? Wrap Viewer up. questions, our AMA. Yeah. Yeah, we'll sure. uh, enjoy the interview, folks, and we'll uh, catch you in a little bit. 
Yeah. So you know what? Let's not. We won't waste any time here. Uh, it's really exciting to have uh, on so, to have on a very special guest today. Uh, she's been an anchor on Sports Center. Very important to mention Sports Center that ends with an ER, not an RE, <laughs> over on uh, on e on ESPN since 1992. Uh, she has been. She is also the host of the In the Crease show on ESPN Plus, as well as the uh, In the Crease podcast with uh, Emily Kaplan. Uh, Linda Cohn joins us today. Linda, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. By the way, that is one of my goals. I would love to be uh, a sports center. That's the RE host uh, once once every blue moon, because all you do is really do hockey highlights and do hockey interviews and it takes center stage. So I even when I was first, you know, when any time like I have this just obsession with that goes way back in my before even my broadcasting career, because I grew up loving hockey and playing hockey. I was a goalie, um, you know, before women were playing <laughs> at the Olympics. Uh, but my point is I always wanted to go to like McGill University because I had this fascination with Ken Dryden. I know this is a Vancouver centric thing right now, but, you know, I always wanted to go there. I always felt like I should be. And I maybe I, I confronted my parents uh, back in the day when they were alive about you sure I wasn't born in Canada because I love hockey so much. So fast forward to doing sports center all these years, that's ER. I peeking in at RE sports center, I was like, boy, that seems a lot more fun. It I I have heard it's I have heard it's pretty fun to do. I mean, and then you get the, you know, you get the Blue Jays, you get the the Raptors in there. Yeah. Uh, you get it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a very different vibe in terms of like uh, what they have to cover over there. Um I was and I was going to say like you uh you are a fellow member of the the Goalie Guild. Uh Yes. Uh, um, and uh, you mentioned you mentioned Ken Dryden. I wanted to ask you about you know playing growing up. Like, did you have like were there which goalies were you modeling your game after when you played? Yeah, no, uh, you know the goalie that you know I'm dating myself, but that's okay. You'll, maybe you'll have some older viewers and listeners, or then your younger viewers and listeners then should Google and find out about the goalie I'm going to name right now. But when I was a little girl, I used to watch the Rangers. Uh, and still do, by the way. <laughs> but uh, I, but when I was a little girl, I used to watch the Rangers with my dad, who got me involved in hockey and you know obsessed with hockey and all that because he he loved the New York Rangers so much. Um, um, and uh, I also learned to curse by watching the New York Rangers back in the day. So there's that. I got that from my dad as well. Um, uh, but the goalie that I loved, but when I was a little girl, was Eddie Jockerman. Uh, reason why I love Eddie Jockerman and the youngsters look it up, Google him. Uh, thank God he's still alive. Um, is the fact that, you know, he was a rebel. I mean, he came out of the net before that was a cool thing to do for goalies. Uh, he would mix it up, uh, you know, before that was before the Billy Smiths of the world and the Ron Hextalls. You know, Eddie Jockerman would, I, 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 I saw in, in a playoff series. First round playoff series, by the way, which broke my heart uh, many years ago. I think it was 1975. Uh, it was when the first round was only two out of three. And the Rangers were playing the, you know, the Islanders, who were just a few years into being a, a team removed from an expansion team. And the Rangers fell behind three to nothing in a, fifth, um, a third and deciding game. And Eddie Jockerman came out and started a fight with Gary Howitt, not with another goalie, with the toughest Islander, one of the toughest Islanders who knew how to punch Gary Howitt. And I thought that was like the coolest thing. 
So I started liking Eddie Jockerman. So I just was that kind. So when I played, uh, you know, I swung my stick around a little bit. I make sure no one was crowding my crease just in case my defensemen were in there to help me out. Yeah, I was I was wondering if if Eddie Jackman was going to come up here or if, if it was going to be maybe like uh John like John Davidson I know was a goalie oh, for Rangers. Yeah, such a cool. great guy and love him back in Columbus and look what he's done. He's gotten yeah. Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> yeah, it's been a big week for John Davidson. Right? I mean, wow, nobody saw that coming at all. Uh but I love JD because you know, he did the improbable and an improbable Ranger run in 1979, getting to a final. But there was no way that team, Ranger team was going to beat Montreal. Uh, but it was a nice run. And, and J.D. was just a re he's a regular dude. And that's what he is now. And that was really cool, too. Yeah. Hey, listen, there's a, I'm biased. A lot of Ranger goalies. Of course, Mike Richter, who was stood on his head and won the Stanley Cup for the Rangers. You know, he was a. He didn't get all the pub. Of course, Messier deserved the publicity, and Brian Leach won the Conn Smythe. But if it wasn't for Mike Richter, uh, standing on his head, as you guys know, in 1994, and then, you know, having his way against Pavel Bure, who later became a Ranger, uh, you know, uh, they never would have won the cup. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm looking back at the Kirk McLean poster I have on the on the back <laughs> wall there. Uh, yeah, 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 that was a good, it was a good goalie battle in 1994, and I definitely I definitely want to ask you a bit more about Rangers goalies because they've come up, they've been uh, pretty big in the yeah. news in the NHL lately. This and especially in this uh, in the playoffs this year. Um, uh, but uh, obviously, I wanted to ask you about you know um, here in Canada. Obviously, we don't get. A lot of ESPN so much. We get like we get the documentaries. We get some of the broadcasts. Do you get the documentaries? Because when I do my, uh, I I go on. I make cameo appearances on uh, Sirius XM NHL Network Radio when they're out of Toronto, and they told me they were like like uh, one of the guys. Steve Coolius said to me, Linda, how do I get this unrivaled documentary? The uh, the uh, ESPN just put out that out. The rivalries of the '90s between the Avalanche and Red Wings, and he was losing his mind. So. I'm happy to hear that you guys get some of the documentaries. Yeah, actually, some of them just showed up on Disney Plus here. Like, not oh, all of great. them. They're, they're, it's a bit of a, it's a bit scattered. I found that there's some on like TSN's website. There's some on on Disney Plus. There's some on yeah. Netflix. Like the Last Dance is on Netflix here. I got uh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'll it just, eventually get it. You'll eventually uh, get it. Eventually, I saw I saw 30 minutes of it on YouTube. I did not get to see the rest uh, for for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I don't but, either. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so we get, we do get like some ESPN, uh, coverage out here, just depending on what well, you, you know, event it I is. Mean, I get it. Lachlan, you, I mean, you're Vancouver, you know, you don't need, you know, with all due respect to my hardworking colleagues, you don't need the coverage. You don't, you know, I'd love you for you to see in the crease. I'd love for you to see when I'm in between the benches, you know, on the games that I've done from ESPN on ESPN plus, but, um, you know, I think you're leading into this and I'll just finish your sentence. Um, it's been amazing because um, that 17 year break when the NHL first was on ESPN and then took that 17 years, it was on NBC and they did a fine job. And then we got it back last year along with TNT. You know, that first year was great. I never thought at this stage of my career um, that I'd have an opportunity to, you know, I, I hopefully this year I'll be doing more games but I was in between the benches for about 10 games. Um, and that was so great. I didn't think I'd have that opportunity ever. And that role 
has become right such a huge role in the NHL like it never was uh, back in the day. And uh, I'm so glad that's one of the roles that I never thought uh, would be able to explode and be a staple uh, with NHL coverage. I think it's important. I think it's great. Um, and so, you know, so I think there's nothing like being at the game for me while, you know, uh, you know, I didn't mind doing a studio show with hockey highlights because that's always fun and it's easy. But I think the challenge, I always like to be challenged, even at this stage of the game for me. And that was always a challenge. But I also love, you know, meeting the hockey players and the coaches that I talk about all the time. And it was great, you know, and, you know, they've watched me and, and grown up with me on SportsCenter. That's with an ER, uh, you know, um, so they actually there was an automatic connection, which was really cool for me because I listen, there's a part of me I have to like calm myself down because I'm a hockey girl. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm. You know, That's like exciting. if I'm in a Ducks game or a Kings game, I want to like pull over, you know, Kings, Jonathan Quick and say, Quickie, what's up? You know, you know, <laughs> you know, you just kind of like, you know, or, or Gibby, you know, with John Gibson, you know, and I can only do that like after, but I there's a need for me to like during, you know, the game or this or that, or even in the TV timeouts. It was a real fun year for me personally. Yeah, I I can imagine and like so I don't you don't you don't know this Linda but I actually I lived in the Bay Area San Francisco for about a decade in between wow. so I'm from I'm from Vancouver but I I for about 10 years I lived with my uh, my family out there in That's uh, great. San Francisco. So I watched I saw hockey coverage uh like the American uh side of hockey coverage uh from what NBC was doing at the yeah. time. And then uh, by the time I was getting back here, they were in the last couple years of it. Uh, obviously, you guys and uh, TNT have taken over now. And obviously, you know, uh, not obviously in Canada, there's a very different sort of mindset around how you cover hockey in particular than you say might have in in the states. So, like, what sort of like what what what's important about about broadcasting covering the NHL? to an American audience that, that we might not see here in Canada. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm on the fence on this because I think the core viewer is going to be tuning into you. They want to see their team. They want to see the game and the national broadcast, the, you know, the regional broadcast because ESPN plus has all the games uh, during the regular season. Um, I don't like uh, when announcers talk down to the viewers. I really don't. There were a lot of times NBC did that. Um, I get it. But I think you have to give more credit to the viewer. I think ESPN, uh, I think they had a nice balance. Uh, so did TNT. Uh, I didn't feel that they, uh, you know, I didn't think, I didn't hear a lot of that, see a lot of that. Um, but it, you have to you have to be conscious of this because you want to bring in new fans, right? So let's just take, for example, ESPN had the Stanley Cup final. And you're, that's when you're going to get the casual sports fans, like maybe peeking in to the coverage. And I think you do have to be aware of them because you want to bring in new fans and you want to grow the audience. Um, and you have an opportunity to do that, especially during the Stanley Cup final, because it's such a big event. You know, people are like, wake. sadly, you know, in the States, that's when people wake up a lot of them. They're like, oh, yeah, Stanley Cup final. And then this past year was great because it wasn't up against the NBA. Although the NBA to me was not competition because it was very boring, the finals this year. So, and, I, and again, I'm biased. I don't think it ever competes, you know, with the, with the, you know, excitement of the Stanley Cup final. But, um, 
I think that you have to like, there's a balancing act there here in the States, but um, me personally, I frown upon when announcers talk down to the viewer thinking and assuming they don't know what, and they've never seen a hockey game before. Absolutely. And I think what, you know, one of the things that I, you know, knowing what I knew about American uh, media and how they cover and how they cover sports, like one of the, the, and having seen all of ESPN's broadcasts of the NBA over the years, one of the things that I always took away from seeing that, especially living in a area like the San Francisco that were, was going warriors mad for all those years, right. the, shark, the sharks were as good as they were. They always, as that, uh, the NBA and ESPN always did such a great job at marketing the stars and marketing those right. like the big names. And I, one of the things that I was looking most forward to when they announced the the broadcast switchover was that you know maybe the NHL was going to kind of figure that out. And it kind of see and it did seem like from what glimpses we got yeah. into the NHL, the American broadcast this year, it seemed like that took a a, a great turn in terms Absolutely. of you know seeing mcdavid and absolutely you know you know it was great and i'm really glad you brought that up because i think that was a real big plus for having espn you know and tnt as well um but especially here at espn i can speak for that uh espn has always been storytellers uh and that's important so espn would find a way whether it's a player whether it's a story from a team and and expand it and not only in the uh, like documentaries, but with the ESPN NHL coverage and, uh, you know, whether it's oh, their weekly show, The Point, you know, they'd have not only and not only like just one on one interviews, you know, more like, you know, really interesting stories involving these players that you can garner an emotional connection. And if you can do that, let's say you didn't you grew up and you didn't you didn't even have a team to root for. You didn't even because that's how I mean, that let's face it. We all had an emotional connection growing up with a particular team. How about all these sports fans that oh, I didn't grow up in, with hockey, so I don't have it. You have to then find a way. How do I bring this person in? How can I bring them in emotionally and let them find a player? And so ESPN was really great at that and still is I'm trying to find that. Um, that element, you know, whether it's, you know, building up the fact, I'm just using this as an example, but I know it was, you saw it everywhere, but it was a good example of bringing in new fans during the Stanley Cup final of showing that tape over and over again of last year with Nathan McKinnon, almost in tears with another second round exit. But then you're then seeing it, okay, fast forward, blah, blah, blah. So you're kind of like giving a little bit of a story, a chapter, to try to get people who are not locked into hockey and the NHL season or the year before, or the year before that, a reason to root for Nate McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche or whatever it is. Uh, you know, and there's so many stories like that. Or let's talk about Vancouver and Thatcher Demko and this kid's from San Diego. I mean, that's a great thing to build up and his story and his journey. So there is so, that's the thing what's great about ESPN because they have Sports Center. They have all these different shows, these platforms, these stages where NBC Sportsnet did not have that. So they only could show little feature stories during their little in-between periods or pregame show or postgame show. But ESPN had other avenues uh, and other stages and platforms to show off uh, these stories of a lot of these players. And there are just so many. I mean, you know, I keep pitching and others, you know, my colleagues keep pitching and you know, that's all you can do. I mean, Vancouver has plenty of stories, whether it's, you know, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, 
And then a series, like an ongoing story. One of my favorite players is JT Miller. And I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be traded. I thought the Rangers were going to get him back. And I was like, yeah, we all thought he was going to be traded. Yeah. yeah. We're, it, we're surprised he's here. We're pleasantly surprised that he he's should still be. here. <laughs> I don't think, you know, I don't think it's like one and done. I mean, not only, you know, I just think he's for real. He's great. He just took a little while to develop into, you know, the lethal score that he became and a leader um i just think it was great it's just it was just you know you know injuries did you in to keep players obviously at the end of the year many of us thought you guys were going to sneak in it looked that it looked that way for a bit there it was one of those things where like um obviously the canucks have been dealing with so many like uh a bit of turmoil like management wise for the last like eight years that a lot of people were kind of like looking forward to seeing the reset button and everything but then when they almost made it in you were kind of like okay like uh we can get behind this let's go let's see them let's see let's see if they can get in if they can get in here um but yeah, like you, you mentioned the Canucks in particular as like a as a fan of like a, of a market that wasn't Toronto or Montreal living in California. Like I didn't see the Canucks on TV for a long time. There would be years that would go by even at their best where when they would like had Luongo and the Sedins and they would still only maybe get on American TV in the regular season once if you were lucky. So like yeah, it's weird to have like Connor Garland scoring a game winner in Seattle in the first game in Seattle on. ESPN plus was awesome. Right. Like getting It was it to see them getting their opportunities, guys like Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser, who you mentioned already, like the American kids who should have been getting their due already is like, you know, American born products, like getting that opportunity to showcase to like shine in their in their home country, like getting that opportunity now is great for them. Right. And that's what you got to find when you're dealing. That's the mentality, I think, with uh, here in the States, when you're dealing with a Canadian team, you know, a team based in Canada. I mean, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, we all know they have the two best players in the league in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but they play for the Edmonton Oilers. But that didn't stop ESPN uh, from promoting and exposing and, you know, showing highlight after highlight of Connor McDavid, you know, and that speed. And it's just, you know, it's almost like the, the theory with ESPN, once they have a product, once they pay a lot of money to get it, you know, they'll pound it over your head, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, you kind of uh, kind of touched on a little bit about with their coverage of the NBA and, you know, NFL and all this stuff. Um, that's what they do. I mean, they built the UFC, if you ask me. I mean, the UFC, you know, was like no one knew what the heck that was a decade ago or so. And ESPN got that product, spent money on it, and it exploded. And that's what I was most looking forward to, to seeing today's ESPN having a product like the National Hockey League and what they could do for it here in the States. And I've totally noticed a difference. I'm not just saying that because they still, you know, you know, I still get checks from ESPN, but it's because I just see more people are like, oh yeah, because they're wherever they are, the TV's on, on ESPN. So like, you know, if you're sitting at home and you're shoveling through and you're like, all right, I'm sick of Netflix or whatever. I'm like, okay, what's this? All right, I'll stop to see what's going on here with this team, this hockey team. It was so easy because, oh, let's see what's on ESPN today. Oh, okay, what's the, you know, and if it happened to be a, the typical exciting play or that was going on in a typical NHL game, you know, maybe it's, not everyone stops, but uh, maybe two out of the 10 people stop and check it out. Or, or you're at a bar or a restaurant. ESPN is always on. And, you know, in the old days with NBC, sadly, that you'd have to ask, hey, do you guys get NBCSN? 
Yes. I mean, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, ESPN is always on, and even with TNT, they usually get TNT. So you don't have to ask. And that was the difference, I felt like. And then, you, you know, you can bring in some new people. Yeah, there, there, and there were a lot of and a lot of new people getting the opportunity, and you know, obviously, like uh, as a woman, you've probably, you know, you've obviously worked in an industry that's you know largely male dominated and has been for a long time. But we're getting more and more women into the getting like opportunities that they've been working for and deserve. And so, like, how, what has it meant to you to see so many more women, not just like getting into into the field of like covering hockey of late, including on your own network, but as also just like seeing more and more coverage for sport for like women's hockey and for other and for the other women's leagues like the like the WNBA. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, just if you take it from the broadcasting side, it's just great to see that women are getting opportunities to prove themselves. That's what I like to see. Uh, you know, when I started it in July, 1992, you know, I was just one of the few that, and I was the one, like there was, you know, Robin Roberts was also working there, but she wasn't on a lot as much as I was like, I was on the, you know, at night doing highlights, that kind of stuff. So people were used to growing up with me and seeing me. Um, and now, and that was, and, and I made it, you know, this is what from doing these interviews and people telling me, and it's kind of cool because sometimes we're just on this fast track and we're just having fun and we're not thinking about who we're impacting, but I, I can't tell you how many, you know, young women who have said to me over the years that I never thought it was possible that a woman could be hosting, you know, full-time a, you know, sports highlight show, uh, you know, five nights a week. Um, and I gave them a reason to go for it. So now to see not only women, you know, tons on sports center and anchoring, but I love seeing analysts, women analysts, you know, I think that's great. I never thought I would see that. Uh, um, and that has skyrocketed and escalated in a good way. Um, because now women can give their opinions and also, you know, I'm able to host, um, and fill in on uh, Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio. So I host Sports Talk and you hear more women doing that. And then that the way the whole, uh, our industry has changed, whether it's podcasts, whether it's at least from the TV side, it be, it's gone a, a, a lot. You know, we still have sports centers where highlight shows, but, you know, it's become people debating, right? You know, that's the biggest change I feel in the industry is that whether it's first take, uh, you know, um, you know, pardon the interruption and all these different kinds of uh, debate shows uh, that has become the thing. Uh, and it has been that way for the last 10, 15 years and, and around the horn, you know, it's, be, it's become that where it used to be just strictly, you know, let's go to the highlights and all that kind of thing. So I think that's the biggest change as for women's sports. There's a lot, you know, you know, they got a, men got a tremendous head start, you know, it's tough. You can't compare the coverage uh, at this point, but it's gotten better. Uh, it just depends what sport you're thinking. We know women's hockey at the Olympics is one of the most highly rated events, which is fantastic for me personally to see. I think it's great. Uh, I don't have enough adjectives to say how positive that is. And the rivalry that is the U.S. against Canada in the women's game is remarkable and what that's become. Uh, WNBA, at least they have the power of the NBA behind them and the money behind them and to stay alive. And so, you know, that's what, I'd like the National Hockey League to get behind 100% like that to a women's hockey league. Um, 
these other leagues, they're trying to make it. I think that's great because you can never, you shouldn't stop trying, but you need the power of the money, right? The mighty dollar of the uh, big boys league, at least at the beginning to help grow the sport, grow the league. Uh, but more and more young women are playing hockey. Little girls are playing hockey. So I think it's great. Absolutely. And, you know, you having been around hockey as long as you have been, I'm sure you've like, you know, and doing now that you're back to doing NHL coverage uh, again, I'm sure you've uh, had some pretty great memories of like being at games and do it and like uh, covering certain games or certain players. Like what uh, what moments have stood out in your career uh, cover, cover from covering the NHL? Yeah, I mean, having to work with, you know, the Messiah, Mark Messier, uh, <laughs> to me is like the greatest thing. You know, I'm a Rangers fan. Of course, Vancouver fans know about it. We, I don't know how. We have, a, we have a little bit of a different, uh, of a different. I know. Uh, Mark have, Messier. You know it's a little <laughs> bit of a different relationship yeah. we have with him. <laughs> okay, let me tell you something. I'm used to that from, because back in the day, the Rangers would get superstars that were washed up and they passed their prime and sign them for big money. So I know what you're saying there. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, when he was a New York Ranger, he did something I'd never see, which is get uh, the Rangers to win a cup, as you guys also know. Uh, so, um, but the point is, um, just knowing, I mean, that's cool. But honestly, I always say this, whether it's covering anything I cover and in the interviews that I do. To me, the thing I love the most is when I get to go to events where... I'm involving the teams I love and grew up with where I'm not working. Those are the greatest events for me because I can be a fan and I'm always a fan first. And I think that's why I've connected with viewers for three decades now on sports center, because I'm one of them. And, you know, while others and I respect my colleagues might say, Oh, you know, this sit down I had with this person, or, you know, I made this person cry or, I won an Emmy for this. Couldn't care less. Not with all due respect, but that's not in my world. To me, I remember being there, cashed in on a favor, was at Madison Square Garden when the Rangers won the cup. Just this past postseason, Eastern Conference Final, was there for game two when Igor Shosturkin, of course, stood on his head and held off the lightning. And the Rangers remarkably got a two games to none lead on the lightning and all was well in the world. And I was there and I was banging on the glass and I was being a fan. So to me, just two examples there of, you know, those are the greatest events. Um, the ones that I'm not working at. Yeah. I, I can imagine. Cause it's, you, you get to kind of, you're not thinking so much about like, Oh, what, what I'm going to be doing during the intermission show. You get to right, just sit there exactly. and take it all or, in. Like that's yeah, the best. Or like when I'm in between the benches. Yeah. I love that, that I, I want to do more of, but then I'm already thinking, okay, I got to react. I'm reacting to that. You know, you're just going reacting and then you're like, okay, who am I talking to in between period? Yeah. You know, and you're like, how much time's left on the clock? You know, you got all that stuff and you're like, Oh, okay. You know, it's just, but it's fun. It's challenging. I love it. But, you know, when you kind of like, you know, let down your hair, be a fan, cheer, bang on the glass or whatever it is, or, you know, high five the people around you, real fans. That's a great thing. I, absolutely. I can imagine. Um, and before we let you go here, Linda, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't ask you at least a few questions about, you know, the NHL, the, uh, about the yeah. current, what's going on with the NHL right now. I mean, yeah. um, you, I'm glad you brought up, Shesterkin, because boy, like we're fans of him around here. I remember at the beginning of the year, 
um, uh, a guy by the name of Kevin Woodley uh, who works at In Goal Magazine. Oh, I've, I've heard him. Yeah, yes, he's a he, gold guru. He absolutely is. He was telling uh, at the beginning of the year. He was telling. Uh, he I was happened to be at Rogers Arena covering a uh, a Canucks practice, and he told myself and my my boss David Quadrelli. He taught. He was telling us about like. Hey, like right before the Canucks played the Rangers, like this Shesterkin guy, he's the, he's not, he's going to be the number one guy. And we were yeah. like, we we're a little bit like, like, oh, re-, like I was a little bit like, really? Like that's cause like, not because he hasn't shown he was great, but like, just because he hadn't like had that breakout for sure yet. Yeah. So, this, but this year, but he proved me, he was totally right. Like he had a great year this year. Do you see, I have to ask, do you see Shesterkin as, is he the number one goalie in the league to beat right now? Or is that still like Andre Vasilevsky's title or somebody else's? Yeah, I mean, listen, it, well, he was not the reason why the Rangers lost to Tampa Bay. Really, you know, he kept the team in the games every single game, Igor Shesterkin. It was like a mirror image of the regular season, a remarkable Ranger, a regular season for the Rangers. It was like Igor Shesterkin giving the Rangers time to have an odd man rush or score two power play goals and they'd win. I mean, that's how like the Rangers piled up points and all that. Um, I don't think, I think it would be disrespectful to Andre Vasilevsky. Well, I didn't think he was at his best, uh, obviously in every game. I think something was a bit off. Um, I want to see what uh, Vasi comes back with next year. Um, but man, Igor Shesterkin to me was, the better goalie in that series, even though the Rangers lost and he was the big part of the run. And I think if there's one guy that's going to knock Vassy off that, you know, off the mantle, uh, it's going to be him. It's going to be definitely Igor Shesterkin. And, uh, you know, the Rangers know that for sure, because, you know, they got rid of uh, Alex Georgiev and he's now going to be on the uh, reigning Stanley Cup champion, as you know, Colorado Avalanche. And I believe in Georgiev. I love that move um, for Colorado. That he, you know, here's the thing: these guys are trained and coached by Benoit Allaire, who's legendary, as we know, as a goalie coach. You know, yes. look what he did with Henrik Lundqvist, for goodness' sake. Um, but I think Georgiev is a great pickup. Uh, he and Francois is going to be great with Colorado. But Igor Shosturkin is the man, and he is—he is the face of the franchise, actually. I yeah and and I was saying it after the 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 in the conference finals like how how great it must be to be a Rangers fan to like have Henrik Lundqvist who is one of the best goalies in the NHL for as long as he was go like right as he's ends up retiring just oh we have we have Igor Shesterkin just ready to go now like Amazing. what a what a transition what a perfect transition for them and yeah, like that's, uh, he's going to be a great goalie for a long while here. Um, uh, last thing I wanted to ask you, this is a, this, obviously this is a Canucks show. I'd be remiss if we didn't ask a yeah, little bit about, about the Canucks. Canucks and specifically because you mentioned earlier, we talked about Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus and now there's the whole saga of what happens to with Matthew Kachuk. Cause it sounds like he might be yeah. on his way out of Calgary as well. That team's kind the Calgary after like, you know, winning the division last year might do might not be a uh, as strong a playoff contender as they were uh, as they were last time. Um, so the door is kind of swung open quite a bit for the Canucks here with like Ilya Mikheyev coming in, uh, Curtis yeah. Lazar. They've got a they've got a decent group going forward. Whether or not whatever happens with Miller, whatever happens with the other guys that they have, uh, they've got a very solid forward group. All of a sudden, in a, a relatively weak 
division in the Pacific that doesn't have necessarily all the bona fide well, contenders that well, the rest of the league does. I will say this. Last year, it was relatively weak. I think this year, all these teams are so much better. Really? Okay. Nuts. Uh, you know, I, I, um, you know, you're going to need those kind of great, you, you're going to need JT Miller to be JT Miller again. And you're going to need Horvat and Besser to, you know, not get hurt and put up those numbers. Patterson, you know, goes on and you're going to need the great goaltending. You're going to, it's still going to be a battle. I'll tell you why Edmonton's going to be great. They're yeah. going to be great. Okay. Yeah. They're not going to have crappy goaltending. Okay. Yeah, for, first time in a while <laughs> right? for them. Yeah. First time in a while. Okay. I mean, <laughs> What a joke. I mean, how long <laughs> years it took to get rid of those guys? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been, I've been like all the time, like what a waste of a, you know. Yeah, Believe me, we have to. Okay. Yeah. I know. And it's like ridiculous because you're wasting, you're wasting prime years by Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And you don't want to lose Connor McDavid when that time comes. I know he's signed that, you know, eight year deal or whatever the heck it was. But anyway, let's get back to the Pacific division. The LA Kings are going to be a lot better. Okay, I'm here and I'm not being biased, uh, but their additions I love. Um, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. Um, so they're better. Vegas Golden Knights, interesting. Interesting thing there. We'll see if uh, we'll see what goes on there. Um, I'll say this I think Cassidy is a much better fit as a coach for what they're going for than what yeah. Moore was, I th especially when it comes to managing his goaltenders. I think he's going to be a lot better. In, yeah, because yeah, it's a great point. It's definitely it's an upside in the coaching department, and also, uh, you know, they still got some great core people. They got Mark Stone, and they got Alex Petrangelo, two great leaders. Um, so I, you know, and I think I know they're again a few years removed from being an expansion team that went to a final, but I do believe they, you know, what they're like where they were that first year now their mentality of that the core group that's still there and what i mean by that is they are disrespected they hated the way last year played out they feel no one's giving them any kind of uh you know hope for this year and i think they're going to use that as motivation now william carlson's gotta be william carlson sorry i went off the vegas track there but my point is a lot of teams are going to get better but i love bruce boudreau we have to give a shout out to Bruce. There it is. Yeah. Uh, he's the best. He's great. What a great human, as you know. Um, and I think, you know, I think the team is moving in the right direction. You have the goaltending, which I love. I mentioned earlier, but you need these guys to step up. I like the offseason additions because it adds depth. Yeah, depth. I, you know, um, you know, we'll see how the uh, defense looks. I think that's that's probably, you know, if there's an area to maybe pick up a guy um do so i don't know what your cap i'm not a capologist so i don't know what your cap situation is it's but... it's not great i'll say okay. that much. it is not great <laughs> uh, i don't think we have any right now do we we might yeah the canucks i believe don't have any left and that's been why like there's the question of well is it going to be or is is it going to be miller that ends up going to try and get a bring a defenseman in will it be garland will it be pearson one yeah. of like, there's a lot of forwards now like suddenly that they didn't have before, but they still are. It's Quinn Hughes and, and that's about it. Although we love Luke Shen around here as well. There's not a lot left in the depth pool back there. So yeah, defense yeah. is going to be a big Interesting. thing. And you know, you know, you still let, I mean, at least Miller's under contract and he's going to want to duplicate what he did. 
Yep. Because a lot of the money on all these teams have run dry where they can't pay him the money in the term that he wants. But his agent, you know, you've read the same thing I've read. JT Miller's agent says he still sees a pathway to figuring out some kind of, uh, you know, extension that is good for both sides. But I got to see that to believe it. But at least he's there for this coming season. And if nothing is done for JT Miller, it uh, doesn't mean he's going to be sitting on his butt, not wanting to produce, just the opposite. So that could help the team and that will help the team as well. But I think it's going to be a good race in the Pacific Division. And I do think a lot of teams have gotten better. Absolutely. It's going to be a, it'll be a, definitely a closer Ducks race. Too, by the way, I can't shout, leave out the Ducks. The Ducks, too, got better, too, with their pickups. Ryan Strom, Frank Vitrano. They still got one of the best goalies in the world who's looking to bounce back, John Gibson, Trevor Zegras. You know the you know the names. Yes. Oh yeah. Like oh Trevor Zegras was incredible to watch this year. Him and uh oh I'm uh Jamie Drysdale as well. Yeah. Like, there, there's a there's Fun a good group. future there. There's I yeah. think they've still got a little bit of work to do before they can get back into like the full playoff conversation. But Anaheim has there's the, the pieces are falling into place pretty quick there for them. Yeah. But this is what we love. I mean, things can change in the middle of the season at the trade deadline. I mean, Canuck fans know that. I mean, it was a disaster and then it wasn't. And you suddenly had reason to watch the Canucks games because once they brought in Bruce, everybody loved them and started gelling and it was great and it was fun. And, you know, it was a story that you never thought you were going to have in the first few months of the season. Oh God. Yeah. It was, it was pretty dismal around here for quite a bit. I was watching them only cause I, it's my job, but right. there are a lot of people who are tuned out, but by the end it was back to like, it was a pretty loud building again. Uh, in it, the was later stages there. it was great. It was, it was great. It was great. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully, and hopefully at some point, uh, Linda, hopefully you'll get a chance to come, uh, come up to Vancouver and, uh, come uh, cover a game here and we'll have you in studio at some point. Oh my God. I would love that. I've been to uh, your city multiple times and you get tired of hearing this, but it's one of those gorgeous cities in our planet, in our world. And, uh, that'd be great. You know, before ESPN, I worked in Seattle, uh, for almost three years and I would do road trips to watch the Rangers play the Canucks. So I did like in my three years, I went up there twice uh, and it was fun with some other hockey fans and it was great. We drove up there, had a blast. Plus when I covered, uh, did Rangers radio pre and post game, I made a couple of Vancouver trips because how can you stay away from Vancouver? Gorgeous. Yeah. We're, 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 it's very warm right now, but generally, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a very fun place to be for sure. It's a very nice yeah. place. Um, Linda, thank you so much for doing this. Um, where can our, our listeners find uh, your work if they're looking for it? Well, follow me on social media because I always post clips and things of what I'm doing. So that's at Linda Cohn, that's C-O-H-N on Instagram and Twitter, the two best things. And then, uh, you know, hosting SportsCenter, which you can't get because it's an ER, not an RE. And do you get SiriusXM? We do get Sirius XM here. Yes. So I think you're, if you, I think, I believe that's the, is that the NHL channel or is that the NHL channel, channel 91? I'm taking a couple of months off until, you know, the season from that, where I was on weekly, you know, once we get into training camps, I'll be back on that channel 91, uh, doing some stuff for them. And also um, channel 82, I host on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio. I'll fill in there. It's fun. It's, you know, all sports, but a social media, always the way to go, you know, get me on Instagram and Twitter and you'll see clips and fun stuff and you'll know what I'm doing. 
Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll, we'll look forward to having you on again soon. Okay, great. Thanks for having me. You guys were great. Thanks. Thank you. All right, folks, that was our interview with Linda Cohn. Uh, really well done, guys. I haven't listened to it, but I'm assuming it was really well done. Um, now, <laughs> I should have done like a whole bit where like I, I like said like you, you know I was really impressed with how she answered this question and then or like, made up a question. Or we like, or you like, you'll be like, I really love the part where, and then like where you talked about, and then you just open your mouth and we just put in like, oh, like a insert something <laughs> after, like a you just replay the clip from earlier from that, yeah. like her answer. Yeah, exactly. That, that might work. Um, uh, yeah, that doesn't sound complicated at all to edit. So I'll let yeah. you. Yeah, Jamie, that. you can figure that out. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, uh, no. All right, let's I'll get into all some... of this in. <laughs> yeah, all this is staying in for sure. All, of, all um, this is all of this is staying in a hundred percent. Yeah, let's. Uh, all right, let's uh, close up the season. Let's get some AMA. What What are the fans asking for us? I know we we only got we only got one AMA question today. I think um, I got one from Riley, and it was yes, a little too sassy for me. So, or what? what he they asked they asked what what's Cody's high score on golf it? Okay, well a. You don't get a high score in golf, Riley. You get a low score, and yeah, that's how you win the championships, okay? And I don't know. I'm pretty sure my lowest score is in, like, the 50s. Because no. golf it is very hard. Isn't okay? it mini-golf? Isn't it a mini-golf? It's mini just mini-golf, but, like, but golf it is, like, on Steam, and it's kind of, yeah. like, custom courses and stuff. And it's all, like, through your mouse and clicking and stuff. Oh. And it's like really, I mean, most of the time when I play, I'm like usually like how I am right now, like like on the verge of getting pretty turned. I and so I guess it's a little in. hard to, you know, hit par from here yeah. and there. Okay. So Riley, to answer your question, my high score is usually very high all the time because it's really hard to play. Okay. Yeah. See, Jamie and I were talking about video games yesterday and we were talking and like, uh, yeah, like uh, I've been, I've actually, I've had golf it on my Steam wish list for like, up ages now and it's like on sale right now i think for like five bucks so yeah she, she, I, if you're if you're playing it if you're playing it and there are people to play with like yeah i might end up having to get it now because i want i want to give it a try it it is a surprisingly big game for some reason like we downloaded it the other night and it was like 12 gigs and i was like kind of floored that it was like such a large it's game for so simple gigs? it's like oh surprisingly big for like like just a piece of shit game you play like for 15 minutes when you're, yeah, you're tanked like, you're like, huh, it's golf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's golf. Windmill. That's kind of funny. <laughs> um, windmill. Like, yeah, it's like 12 gigs. Wait, is that for real? We only got one viewer question? Are you kidding I think me? we only got, I think we only got the one. Maybe I'm checking in the wrong spot. But that's I think we, fucking rude. That, that's rude. That's, yes, how rude of everybody. I think that was, yeah, I think that was <laughs> the only one. We also got you just being like, what? What? Oh, yeah. I'll get home. The and <laughs> yeah, folks, the chances were pretty high because it's 7.30 and uh, this probably should have been done two, three hours ago. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll ask it. Well, I'll ask a question for you guys. What was the your favorite part of the season for you guys? Like, what was like, or like favorite memory from the season if there was one? <laughs> Man, was there? I mean, I don't I have know. one, but it has nothing to do with like playing games, like the game. That doesn't matter. That oh, doesn't yeah. matter. Go for it. Well, like, oh, yeah, I got a, it. I got a Lamico stick. That's, oh, yeah, right. that's right. That's right. I was just, oh, God. I thought you were gonna say 
yeah. uh, your big highlight from the season was going to fucking Colorado and taking yeah, the we with forgot. Gabe <laughs> Landis. We didn't like, talk about that. Okay, that's talk so about much that. cooler. Yeah, talk about that. We totally meant to on like last week's show and just didn't have a time to. So do that uh-huh. now because that was okay. wild. Okay, sure. How that happened. Go sure. for it. So the Avs won the cup, right, on a Sunday. Yep. The next day, I woke up and I was like, damn, I wish I could go. <laughs> But the flights are like eight hundred dollars round trip, American. So I was like, so my mom was like, yeah, no. And I was like, understandable why I wouldn't go. Yes. And like, I didn't even think that we could drive because it's not an option usually. And then my aunt said to me, why don't we drive there? Let's go. Yeah. And I I was like, are you kidding me? And she was like, no, we'll get there tomorrow night if we go like after you come home from school. So I went to school. So I was like, are you sure? And I completely forgot that it was July 1st on Friday. And I usually have <laughs> class on Fridays. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if I can skip it, but let's see. And then I thought about it and I was like, ah, they can do without me. And then I realized, oh, it's Canada Day on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> I can go if like we really want to. Yeah, and then right? during lecture, I was just like trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And I had to explain everything to my group members. And yeah, and then once I got home, we packed and we left. You're that you're kind of waiting for them. Yeah, you're kind of waiting for them to like for like like for them to be like, ah, just kidding. No, we're not gonna do that. That's crazy. But like, and then it just never happens. You're like, oh, we're actually doing this. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, and then it was insane because like we we took turns driving, and like I drove in, I think. Ohio and like we went past like a wheat field and it just like kept going and going <laughs> and going oh and I thought God. we would never make it but we did we made it to our de- our first destination and then we ended up in Cor- Colorado the next day at 8 p.m and we met up with my sister who lives in Denver oh nice. oh yeah so if I think what we were saying was that it's kind of like it all came together so nicely because my sister lives there and like her apartment lets us like lets guests stay in like rooms that are like hotel rooms so my sister lives there there's the living situation that can get worked out really easily it's canada long weekend so i didn't have to go to school i don't have any classes tuesday to thursday anyways (laughs) and the parade was on a thursday and then, like, it was the abs that won the cup. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like so many things had to work in order for us to go, and we did. Yeah. And then you met Gabriel Landis. I did too. meet Gabe Landis Cog. It was fantastic. Inside, like, a donut shop or wherever in a, it was? In a, in, a, in a chicken finger fast food chain. <laughs> So yeah. wait, so like, did you know he was gonna like be doing that thing like already ahead of time? No, or did no, it, it was no, 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 no. So, so oh on God. Tuesday, on Tuesday, while we were on our second uh, half of going to Denver, Gabe posts on his Instagram story saying that he will be at the Raising Canes neck across the street from a mall, and <laughs> that he will be serving chicken and meeting people. Hell yeah. And I was like, I sent it to my sister, jokingly being like, oh, do you want to go? Because <laughs> like, I didn't <laughs> think we were going to go. And then yeah. I told my sister, and she was like, 
do we have to go? And I was like, only if you can go. And so she woke up really early the day, I think it was the Wednesday. So yeah. the day, the next day, uh, my sister woke up really early, went to work, came back to meet us at that chicken place. And we were like, okay, so are we supposed to go through the drive through or do you want to go inside the restaurant? And like Damn. we were deba debating it and people were really confused as to who would get to meet him. So we decided, you know what, we'll just not do the drive through and go inside the restaurant. Thank God we did. He went to through like two, three cars, maybe. Hmm. And that oh, was it. Yeah. yeah. Like he well, did yeah, talk to them for a while though. Like I, I watched him do one of the cars. He talked for a long time after giving the chicken to them and then signed <laughs> like jerseys and stuff. So it's it was nice oh, for the you, people that got to like I thought you were gonna say he, he was signing the chicken. No. <laughs> yeah. He's just drawing his Sharpie on this yeah. chicken. It's like, yeah. like, oh, that's gonna be worth something someday. So like, like if you were one of those three cars that got to to like get served by him, it would be fantastic for you. But like you wouldn't you had to time it perfectly in order yeah. to do that. So and he like I think he did meet almost everyone that was inside the shop anyways. Yeah. So yeah. Did you did you tell him you drove all the way from Vancouver? I did. Like, what did, did he say? He said, how long was that? And I told him <laughs> 22 hours. And he was like, oh, my God. Can, drive home safe. And I was like, yeah. okay. What a beauty. That's that right. That, yeah. It was, I was like, I was like, like, he's the most beautiful man I've ever seen. So, yeah. yeah. That, Even um, with the beard. <laughs> still hadn't shaved yet. Still, still like probably still yeah, like his yeah. like sweat going like, from the, the he final. is pretty. Like my yeah. mom didn't like. Um, she wasn't like me, where I was like, yeah, he's really pretty. Look at him, and she was like, yeah, okay, he's okay on like the TV, right? And then when like she met him in person, she was like, like oh, oh. <laughs> I <laughs> understand now. Even yeah. with the beard, it was just like, wow, it's Gabe Landis Cog. Yeah. Oh my, that's fantastic. Now, I guess friend of the show now, Gabe Landis Cog. Yeah, I guess. definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, well, that's obviously like pretty top tier. I actually forgot that I covered games in person. So, yeah, yeah I guess right. that, was, that, was a, that was a a top tier before, you know, the dog came along and ruined everything. But until then, it was pretty sweet. Um, Lachlan, what about you? What was your, what was your high point, bud? My high point this year, I think, honestly, like, it's the simplest one, but, like, just getting to do, like, getting started with Canucks Army and everything this year was, like, really Quads exciting is another for me. show. You don't have to suck up to them. Okay? I don't have to suck up to Quads. You I know. You don't have to suck up to them anymore. He's gone, <laughs> all right? Yes, he's he's not here. Um, But, yeah, like, for me, like, obviously, that's been something I've been working towards, like, since, like, even when I was living in California. Like, that was something that I'd wanted yeah. to do for about, you were like, a literally. Traitor, since... a traitorous Californian. Yeah, I like I for a Vancouver podcast I, or a pod site. Yeah, I wanted to like I was like, oh, someday I'm gonna write for Canucks Army. That was the goal. Like I, I for years. So to finally get to do it this year was awesome. Hell and yeah. like, yeah, like that was yeah, that was like cool and a half. I mean, I got to do my first like I also got to do my first um in like in person interview with like or like in person like see my first in person press conference for the Canucks this year after doing the Zoom ones last year. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like I would say that's probably I'd say that's got to be the highlight. Also, get it. Also, you know what? Just getting to like because uh, hang out with you as well because like uh, we hadn't we did every show last year, um, um, over video because of COVID. 
So, and then this year I got to actually, I got to, we actually got to like do some in-person shows. I got to meet Murphy, like good year, good year overall, like so much fun. <laughs> and next year it's going to be better. Well, that's about as big of a jinx as it's ever going to get. I didn't so. say the on ice product's going to be better. I said, we're going to be better. <laughs> that's that I can guarantee that. I can that guarantee. itself is a giant jinx. So without wanting to ruin it further, I'm going to close out with a little poem. JK, I'm not going to ever fucking do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this year. We really appreciated it. I said it in the intro, and I wasn't lying. Really appreciate you guys listening to us. Um, you're you're kind of doing a shit job at the comments and the reviews, but, you know, <laughs> I know you'll get it together in year three. Um, looking forward to that. Hopefully, we get to cover a team that isn't complete dog shit from start to finish, and we actually get a, a contender to cover and talk about. Instead of just lamenting the same goddamn problems over and over again, let's avoid that um, until next season, folks. Or, hey, if there's some kind of breaking news and we need to do it, some emergency pod, you know you're going to get it this summer. But yeah. until then, once uh, training camp uh, starts ramping up, we will be there, ready to go again. Until next season, folks, we'll catch you next time. I'm Cody Sievertson. You can follow me at Cody Sievertson on Twitter and my work, CanucksArmy.com. Lachlan, where can they find your stuff, sir? You can find my writing also at CanucksArmy.com, and uh, I've, uh, I'm, I'm working on some pretty on some bigger stories, some bigger deep dive stuff uh, that'll be coming out, I think, this week uh, for you to look out for. Um, and uh, yeah, just obviously go uh, subscribe to our our uh, our YouTube channel and uh, our leave us reviews and like on uh, check out our Patreon if you can. Um, and, um, yeah, like, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say other than just like, um, from, from my side of things other than just like, yeah, it's been really fun doing this show. I literally, I always say that like, this is the getting to the show with you guys is like the highlight of my week. It's the, it's my, it's the most fun thing I get to do. Um, and, um, you know, I'm looking forward, like, obviously now we have Jamie on the show, so I'm looking forward to like getting to give, basically just give her the keys to the car now and being like, all right, <laughs> this is your show. Have fun with it. Cause she's as the head of production for our show and like you know she's already shown how how capable she is and how great she is at what she does and like obviously cody as quads put it earlier this week is the most underrated uh member of the writer in canucks in canucks nation media with canucks 700 media. asterisk i i think hey, listen i think he's right so <laughs> i agree with him fully on that so like yeah like getting to do the show with like my friends is like the best part is like the the thing i enjoy the most so uh hopefully we'll get to do uh a lot more of it next year and uh yeah when we start up i think we'll be back in like september uh, uh jamie uh where can they find you uh you can find me on twitter at underscore jamie kalo or on instagram at uh jamie kalo eats awesome. hell yeah folks see you next year bitch <laughs> Woo! summer vacation Woo!